welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Okay, so yeah, I'm Phil Bradbury. A uh, bit of background, married to Janet, the lovely Janet. Uh, I have two daughters, Heather and Julia. Heather comes to young adults uh, when she's not in Leeds. She's studying criminology. And Julia is just starting year one in Sheffield doing occupational therapy. So we were members of this church for about 28 years. Uh, And uh, so what I've been asked to do is talk about just showing you you know, we're, we're Sunday people sometimes, aren't we? We have, we have our Sundays and we put our Sunday face on and we we have our church and we have our lovely meetings and we have our midweek prayer meetings. But, you know, what's our face like at 11 o'clock on a Monday morning? You know, what are we doing when we're working? Who we are? How we are? Uh, and, and how much do we allow God into that time and that space? Yeah? So, um, going to... Sp- talk about um, what happened with Kampala Children's Centre. So basically there's a gentleman called Arnold Mwangi who usually speaks at iDestiny so I know he's spoken before hopefully he will speak again. Um, He approached Kingsway Church in 2003 and said do you know what I've got a vision and we said, well, what's your vision? So I said, I want to see a thousand orphans changed in Uganda. My vision is to help a thousand children. So I said, well, well what does that look like? So he uh, says, well, um, Sharon, if you'd like to get on a plane with me and come to Uganda, I'll show you a hill. Right, okay. So Sharon gets on a plane, flies over to Uganda with Arnold. They walk to this hill that is just covered in forest. It's a real no-go area. Do you all know what a no-go area is? So if you, if you have a city or a town or somewhere, it's the place where people would take you to beat you up or take you to murder you. There was a tree on the hill that did human sacrifices because they have witch doctors in Uganda. Joanna goes, here's the hill. (laughs) Right, okay. So Sharon comes back and says, in typical English, we need to have a meeting. So she said, Phil, can you come and just lead the meeting? Just because you're quite a good timekeeper, just because We can see, uh, you know, we'll have lots of ideas and we just want to know if this is for Kingsway. So we have a meeting, there's there's, there's, uh, Andy and Sharon are there, Arnold's there, I'm there, a couple of other people are there, there's about eight in the meeting. And we had about five meetings. And do you know what we decided? We had no idea really. We had no idea what to do. So we had to do a leap of faith. And we said, do you know what we'll do? We'll buy one acre of land, one acre of land, and we'll build one house. How much is an acre of land? 2,000 pounds. Okay, how much will it cost to build a house? 
15,000, something like that. Right, okay. So we went away and we said, right, okay, we're going to fundraise, we're going to commit, and we're just going to see what happens. Now, there are a lot of churches, there are a lot of charities, there are a lot of good causes in this world. What started to make me amazed is when, instead of doing a man project, when you see God in a project, that makes a difference. And putting Christ first through the meetings and through prayer and through the opportunities that we got, um, it's turned into something quite extraordinary. From a meeting that is as big as this, uh, Kampala Children's Centre has grown into something quite amazing. Um, so what happened is that uh, we bought the land and we built the first house and in each house we have 12 children that are all legally adopted from social services and, and that they all have correct papers and stuff because I mean there are plenty of children in Uganda half the population is 15 years and below half the population there are a lot of charities that go out there and just almost grab children off the street and put them in a house and think they're doing the right thing. But then the authorities come along and say, where's your paper for these children? Have you not, you know, and, and they close the projects down. So having a Ugandan in charge of Uganda, knowing about politics and uh, the local police and the local authorities and all that really, really helped. And so all we did was really provide money and then some of us went over on trips. Um, I remember digging for two days in Uganda, a trench for a wall. It was the hardest work I've ever done in my life with just a pitch, pitchfork going down and there was like six of us. But it was amazing to be part of digging up this orange soil to make the foundations for this project. Arnold is always a visionary. He always sees the next step. So he'd, he'd got Kingsway on board. He went preaching up to Preston and uh, went to a ladies knitting group. Uh, they meet every Wednesday and they knit quilts, blankets for hot local hospitals and stuff like that. And he said, oh, would you like to buy a house? How much is a house? 15,000 pounds and six ladies who meet every Wednesday knitting said yeah we want to do that within two months they'd raised the 15,000 pounds so there was house number two he then went and preached in Liverpool to Sue Sinclair's church who has been an amazing church um, uh, in Liverpool and uh, she said he preaching said I need to buy some land and would you like to buy a house? How much is a house? Oh, it's this. Right, okay, we'll buy a house. And within the first six months, there'd been three pledges of houses. But let me just sort of explain to you what makes it a bit more different. So if you don't know where Uganda is, it's right on the equator. It's about the same size as Great Britain. It has a population of 33 million 
and the life expectancy in Uganda is about 52 years old is the average life span. In the UK obviously it's, it's 80 uh, and as I said before 50% of the population 15 years or younger. Um, infant mortality is a real big problem because lots of people have children, there are a lot of large families because uh, they, the children then become the workers of the family um, and so life expectancy at just at birth, 67 deaths per thousand where in the UK it's uh, less than five. So when you look at the society and the way that things are, um, it's a totally different country. AIDS ravaged Uganda, they lost thousands and thousands of people. And also there was a 20 year war in Uganda, in the north of Uganda, and basically all the adults killed themselves, each other, and so only the children were left. And that's why ch children soldiers were then conscripted and children became soldiers. So it was very difficult, uh, has very difficult areas, it has an economy, but it, do you know what? It has real posh areas, it has a banking district, it has a golf course, it has really, really nice places where all the ministers and the politicians and the tourists live, and then it has slum areas where tens of thousands of people live in poverty. So, £15,000, is that good? No? Is that what you expect us to build? No. That's what a lot of people expect to think about. There's the hill. There's your plot of land. Good, isn't it? I've increased, uh, I've, the prices are slightly still outdated, but... That is Kingsway House, house number one at Kampala Children's Centre. We decided to build houses that would last 70, 80, 90 years so that generation after generation of children can be looked after. And we have a strategy of a new hope and a new start. Because these children come from backgrounds and, and lifestyles that nobody could even dream of. And Immediately, each house has a house mother and an assistant mother. Uh, the children get involved in chores, etc. Uh, and uh, never have more than three children per room. So immediately, children get older, young, older brothers and sisters and younger brothers and sisters, and they become part of a family within each house. The focus is these guys. You know, these are, these are the reality, these are the true life stories. Uh, and it's about giving the best to the least because society doesn't do that. People, society judges the least to say, well, well, they mustn't have worked hard or they mustn't have had uh, the right education or they became an addict or, you know, they, they had excuses. That's why they're the lowest of the low. When we started to build the houses on the land, the locals said, how dare you? How dare you build property like that for the scum of the scum? 
the lowest of the lows. Our policemen, our MPs should be living in houses like that. I said, no. Give the best to the least. Every human being has the right to have the slate wiped clean and say, go and meet your potential. Go and get, go and be the best that you can be. So this gives them a safe environment, a healthy environment, uh, and it gives them education. Some of them come from the slum areas, um, but they, 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 95% of them are, are, are orphans. We had one little girl who was four years old um, and, and she had to look after her sister who was two. And that was, that was the family. So both, both sisters came into Kampala Children's Centre. But again, you get the official papers, you do it properly, they then become part of us, part of Kampala Children's Centre, and we never call them an orphan again because they're not. Okay? So this is house number four. House one, two and three are here. And what we did, what we do is built, uh, this is the entrance to Kampala Children's Centre here. So the first thing they see is a heart because we want the whole centre to be about love, about knowing that they are loved and that they are safe. And yes, we've had to build walls, and protection and we had to have a security guard there things like that because once you start building these things it starts to attract people and when they know a lot of children are there it starts to attract people so you know you do have to live in a society but you do have to stand your ground and make a difference so the the staff at Kampala Children's Centre sits on the local child protection board they talk and they are part of the social services. The government local uh, director talks to us as an organisation because we're now in Wakisu, where this is, the fourth largest employer. So we've changed the, the, the law of the economy. We've changed the value of the land. Tell you what, we, first thing we did, we cut down that tree that got burnt. So the sacrificial tree was the first thing that went off that land. And then it started to be a place where people wanted to live. And this isn't, uh, this is, I mean, man can only do so much. I really believe man can only do so much because man, every single one of us is programmed to fail in some sort of way. <laughs> you know, that's what, that's what we do. You know, there isn't the, the perfect man or woman out here, although my wife would probably argue. Um, but, you know, when you, when you add God into these things, when you allow Jesus to be in the meetings and you're talking to uh, politicians and, and <coughs> families and stuff, so what we decided to do is that the children would be part of the centre and we'd build schools in the centre, but we'd also get sponsorship for local children in the local community so that they could come onto the centre and be educated as well. Because the brilliant thing is, is that if you get one of the children from a house, it means you get through the front door and you see what the other siblings are, how the family is, and you educate them and you help them and you give them more hope 
and you say, you know, uh, the children want to become whatever they want to become through the education process. You do pay for your education in, uh, in, in Uganda. You know, everybody from as young as you want to be, there are, it isn't a free education service. So if you're in a slum, are you going to pay for your children to go to school? You know, if you're living on a poverty where the whole point of the day is to get your tea on the table so that you can have some food for that day, education goes away. But if you provide a safe place where children's areas and extra extra houses, so this is houses six, seven, eight and nine, we've built 12 houses, you know, with 12 children in each house, it's 144 children. We have 300 local children sponsored. Okay. Look pretty good, don't they? So because we're on a hill, we've built some houses and underneath this is an area and what we decided to do with that's two rooms, we put a nurse in there with some tables and stuff like that. Because if you get malaria, the hospital's 40 minutes away. But if you can put them on a drip and hydrate them, give them some antibiotics there on the site, then you've got a better chance of survival. There are plans to put an actual <coughs> medical centre on the site that'll be a closed section just for the children of the site and the people that go to school and a public sector section for the local people to come into the medical centre. So again, it's about being in the world but making a statement to the world. You know, that this is a different place and if you do it right, if you get your foundations right, and you make an impact on your community and the people in power then things change you know and, and God comes in mightily so there's the school there's the primary school have 400 children a day go to that school okay this bit here now is a football pitch and every four o'clock uh, that uh, a team of locals comes and plays Kampala Children's Centre football team they love it. Football is very big over there. So this is all the work that's been carrying on. So uh, these are quite old photos, so it looks even better now. And there, there's a road down here that is now all tarmac which I'll do. So there are some amazing new photos. Uh, but I mean, this is, as you can see, we've carved out of the hill as we've gone up to make it flat for the foundations and make it secure, etc. So, you know, each one has a story that is probably a bit worse than yours. Not to judge, but uh, it's all about giving them that safety. It's all about giving them that possibility of uh, meeting their potential. So as a school classroom, looks virtually identical to this one. Um, so there's no electronic board, it's chalk and, uh, and blackboard. They all learn in English, because Uganda's a ex-colonial uh, country. So um, the education is all, all in English. And uh, part of what I used to do, because uh, I was part of this for the first real 10 years of the project, um, and because I, ran my own I run my own business, I then 
started to work a day a week for KCC. And my role was to go into schools in the UK and say, you know what? As bad as you think your lessons are and as bad as you think you are in the UK, if these guys can have the, wipe, the slate wiped clean and meet their potential, well, so can you. <coughs> and isn't that the gospel? Having your slate wiped clean. Go on, go and try again. Go and do the best that you can be. Go and be the best person that you can possibly do in the environment that you're given. So the local authority is valued as a centre of excellence. We actually produce the best results in the entire area. So you know what? Parents start knocking on our doors and say, we want our children to come to your school. So you get income generation because you can charge for education. So do you know that there's now around 900 children going to school every day? Because we've built a second school as well. They love their football. <coughs> uh, Favourite two teams are Arsenal and Manchester United. <laughs> the Premiership is really, really big in Uganda. Um, so um, any kits and stuff that ha are Premier League, then uh, it's very, very big in Uganda. Um, they love playing their football. We've now sent a load of football boots and stuff because some of them were playing with no football boots. Uh, and it's a hardy way. And this guy here donated his time and he's the assistant coach of the Ugandan football team. So he used to come in once a month and donate his time to help the kids. Because we were getting bigger and bigger and more people were taking notice. So just to explain a bit of where some of the children come from, these are uh, the slum areas and the slums have their own society. There is a chairman of the slums. The slums are, are cut into areas and there are area managers of the slums. If you want to use a proper toilet, you pay. If you want to live there, you pay. And each one of these are designed to hold one family and there's usually three in each one. Uh, so there's hundreds of thousands of children there and they're just sent out and the older ones look after the younger ones for the day and then they come back and they hope that their parents or their older older brothers or sisters have gone out and earned enough to give them some food at the end of the day so it's really you know a tough situation and you know there isn't a way of just roofing the whole of the the slum etc the thing to do is to you know, adopt the children, give them an education, hopefully they want to meet their potential and they want to be the future doctors and nurses and consultants and counsellors and you know, people, that the politicians. And if they've got that grounding and that foundation of health, safety and security, you know, it's, it gives them that platform. So the house number one, Kingsway House, has a house mother and what they did uh, every night, they used to sit around and sing. None of the other houses did it. And then uh, the other houses started to hear them. And then thought, well, why don't we do a choir? 
Yeah, all right, that's a good idea. What, what choir? Yeah, okay. I'll tell you what, I've never seen a choir train so hard. <laughs> and what they, what they do now, they train three choirs. So they have one traveling, one practicing, and one training to be the choir. So it gives them, because not everybody is great at maths, not everybody is, but people are good dancers, people are great singers, guys are great drummers, girls are great drummers, you know, uh, and some, sometimes that's them meeting their potential. Okay, so sometimes it's not all about academia, it's about finding that human being and giving them, meeting their potential. So yeah, they came to England, and because it was a real difficulty, getting them into the country because of all the visas. A friend of a friend of a friend goes to a church and just happens to be in the same church as the Foreign Secretary. And the Foreign Secretary gets on the phone and says, get these visas. And we go, wow, really? And then this friend of a friend of a friend says, what about going to 10 Downing Street? Gordon Brown, who was the Prime Minister at that time. Wouldn't it be amazing to get these children from the gutter, and some of them have been ch child soldiers. Wouldn't it be amazing to get them at 10 Downing Street. There's Ed Balls from Strictly Come Dancing, when he had a proper job. So there we were. I drove Arnold down and we went through all the security and all the drums were checked and when you, when you look at the news a lot of the heads of state stand there when they're on the lecterns and they've got the heads of state and they're talking, they're, they're usually in that room and Destiny Africa performed for an hour in front of the uh, Prime Minister, the Prime Minister's wife uh, and this lady, Prime Minister's wife, is, is very into charities and especially war, children, etc. So uh, Arnold was able to speak at 10 Downing Street and the children radiated amazing love. So I then usually stop here and just say, right, okay, so here we are in England or here we are wherever you live. Uh, just tell me about uh, your potential. Because when I went to go into the schools in the UK, I said, well, if these kids can do this, what can you do in the UK? What can you do in Germany? What can you do in the USA? You know, God can make these opportunities happen, but you have to add that in. Okay? Go back to, this isn't a man-made project. This is man following God's instruction. Yeah? Having a vision having a focus. They've toured four times in the UK, three times in the United States of America. They've played at United Nations, the Welsh Assembly, uh, the head uh, EU building in Brussels. They've played in stadiums in front of presidents and kings and proclaimed Jesus. There's a, the medical centre we want to build. So you've got beds and stuff and then you've got doctor's surgeries, you've got toilets, you've got a public access area and a private access area. Have a, we have a, 
uh, company in Belgium that does all these for free turns them into a 3D graphic so that you can see it on the land they come and measure the land and tell them how much they have to cut out free no money we might treat them to the odd meal and stuff so that's good but um, it's really an amazing amazing project <coughs> this is baby Gracie oh I say this it's you know this is baby Gracie's story baby Gracie is now four but her life started if you if you've anybody like Top Gear yeah, like to, or, or have, when you when you see the roads in Uganda, they're all orange. There's tarmac area for the posh people. Then the rest of the land is all orange, and they slope at the top down to the bottom. Then at each side there's a V. And the reason that is is it's a very green country, as you can see. Uganda it does get a lot of rain. It's called the Pearl of Africa. But what happens? You get a deluge of rain. So what? Uh, so they, they make this, and everybody puts their rubbish in the V bit, because they know when the rains come, it just washes everything away, and they never see it again. It goes to somebody else. It's just not important. It's where all the rubbish and all the rude words go. Yeah. So there's a policeman walking down the road six in the morning, and he hears this cry. You know, and there's Baby Gracie in this V, and somebody had left her there waiting for the next rain to come. And that was her start of her life. We've had babies left in toilets, just thrown away, expecting them to die. Now, we're not here to say that we can save everybody. We're not here to say that, you know, we, we can rescue everybody. But we've got to do something. And is, isn't it better to do it and try and help the society and the community there because when we went to America initially there was a lot of people saying I want to adopt them bring them to America I want to, you know let, let me have let me have a you know I'll, we were like no because how is that going to change the community there <laughs> you know if everybody takes them away then what chance is there what hope is there now sometimes that does happen and I'm not saying carte blanche we don't do it but majority of the time it's about enhancing the human beings there changing the community getting the land value up getting great properties that will last 90 years sitting on the boards getting into the local community homes and you know God has made amazing amazing things for us so but we do things like solar power it's quite sunny in Uganda so let's do some free electricity so we get people to sponsor solar panels um, actually this now looks there's one house that gets the sun for virtually most of the day and it's got about 18 panels on the top <laughs> we thought we'd have one at each house and it, it was actually better to do it the other way around this is about a year ago so this is now all finished so you see where this road is here this is now all tarmac all the way up to the top so you've got your primary school, you've got your secondary school, and in here, where do you, where do they eat? <laughs> you've got 900 children a day going to school. <laughs> so a two-floor uh, canteen, uh, cooking, 
and also an IT centre. So get them connected to the internet, get them working on computers, you know, part of education. So those are, you, there are even more stunning pictures. I didn't have time to uh, contact Arnold for them, but this now looks incredible. But I think it looks incredible like this anyway, don't you? So they have, uh, so the choir have played to, they play to over 10,000 people every single tour. And they get, they get into the most amazing places. And you know, they sing about Jesus. And uh, the second album that they produced, 80% of it they wrote themselves. So go away, go up the hills, write songs, do some drumming, come back. And, and that's what they did. They created uh, some amazing thing. This guy here, Alex, he's really, uh, he's doing a degree in music now. And he's uh, the head of uh, Destiny Africa, which is the name of the choir. So, um, so they've transformed lives and then we put them into schools and they've sung and stuff. Then they've gone into the classrooms and had one-to-ones and questions and answers with the children. And again, it's about, well, if these guys can do it, why, you know, we can do it as well. Because if we think there's no opportunity, there's no hope, there's no future, and we live in the nice society we live in, you know, uh, this is a real... Um, wake-up call you know it's a real let's add God into the mix and let's wipe the slate clean and say right okay go and try you know don't just stick in front of your screen and your phone go and try and interact with people change your community talk to your people you know make a difference um, so doing really well. So what I'll do now is uh, I'll take some questions and answers, okay, because hopefully you've got some questions and stuff, um, and then I will play you a video from the site, then you can get a bit more of a feel for what we've been doing. Any questions? Can you go there? Yes. Go there for three months or six months? Yeah, we have the, there's an office in Sale yeah. near, the, uh, near the sports centre. So it's its own charity. Um, oh, it, it's a charity uh, in the UK, in the US, and in Uganda. Registered charity. So everything's official. So you, we spend money to get it right, because the last thing you want is officials coming and closing you down. But yes, uh, and what usually happens is people go in groups. So they'll go and do a project. So like uh, the Americans, they wanted to dig a well. So 30 of them all got together, went over there and dug a well, found spring water underneath the mountain. Amazing. You know, never been found before. And you dig a well and you get spring water. God is good, you know. When you think about the land, what it was there before and what it was used for and assumed about, you know, why build on there? Why do that? Well, you get the best out of the least. Very good question. 18 is the, is the official answer. But because we, it was a learning process, so the first children that came on were like 10, between 8 and 10 uh, in 2005. So now they're 20. <laughs> so what we've done is when they get to 18, 
Um, they're usually either given uh, a springboard to further education or they're helped to set up their own business. We also ask the sponsor, do you want to keep on sponsoring? Do you want to keep helping? Or, you know, is 18, do, do you want another child? You know, because um, there's plenty. Um, because at the end of the day, they have to make their own decisions and we have teenage problems and we have young adult problems in Uganda, just the same as we have in this room, <laughs> just the same as we have anywhere, yeah? So uh, we try and make it a springboard into adulthood because legally, we can only legally look after them until they have the right to be their own adult, which is 18. But we do help them. Anything else? Folding money is great. <laughs> um, there's loads of things. You know, uh, what I really found is that with this project, it's about getting the spark. It's about my, my job was to leave a classroom or a school with them going, I get it. So, what am I going to do about it? Because that's how I always used to close. So right, okay, what are we going to do about it? So right, so I'd get the class and they'd say, right, okay, these are the medicines, are 250 pounds, solar panels, 2,000 pounds, blah, 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 blah. And I got the whole class to vote. Which project are you going to go for? So right, let's go through some ideas of how to fundraise. Bum, 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 bum. And it's, it's about getting that spark. So you can, you can talk to the uh, office, you can talk to me, um, you know, if it's something that you think, right, this is something I really want to get involved in, then there is, you know, plenty of ways to do it. You can do it physically by going there. You can, you can do it prayerfully. You can, you can do it by don donating money. Uh, a lot of people regularly do a standing order into the um, charity. But, you know, like any charity, they're helpful of, of lots of Thing. But what we really find is it is when a group gets together. You know, if you imagine six women knitting every Wednesday, you know, and then saying, right, we're going to do a house. That's inspiring for me, you know. Who said we're old? Yeah. <laughs> Politically correct. So, uh, what's your, well, I don't know how you assess success, but I mean, how? Oh. What are the 20-year-olds doing? Or right, so a couple of them have got degrees. Uh, a couple of them have got a business. I haven't got the details of everything because I've not been involved in the project for the last mm -hmm. couple of years, although I'm getting back involved. Um, so um, if you go on the site, there are there is, um focus of uh, people graduating you'll see them having the certificates and stuff like that so you know that uh, and I haven't heard of any sponsors who is actually dropping that person <laughs> so so you know they'll, they'll send them a bit bit of money all the time as well but I mean like any adult and like any young person that they're then independent and they have to make their own life choices although we will guide and pray and there is a, obviously a church in Wakisu that is part of the community but you know Destiny Africa lead the worship every week wow yeah cool that's pretty cool you know so uh, and oh they, they have they've performed to the president of Uganda and eventually last year 
we celebrated 10 years, and the president came on the land, and he pulled Arnold to one side. I think this says a lot. He said, do you know what, Arnold? Have you managed to do what my entire government couldn't do? He says, you've managed to do everything that I've targeted my entire government to do with my country. And you've managed it. And he says, it's Jesus. You know, it's about following my vision. It's about not getting caught up in the politics, but nurturing the politics. <laughs> it's about, you know, being salt. It's being light and making a difference. That's amazing. Do you take placements from like professionals, like teachers and healthcare people? Is the type yes. Of where Absolutely. When they, if they're taking like a gap year. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When we first started, a lot of the education was like teachers that went over for. Um, for, for a couple of weeks and, and then they set up the English course and they left the course with them and you know it, it was a real start from grassroots and then getting old school books and textbooks and using those just to get your ABC one two three scenario but now it's got a headmaster it's professionally taught and stuff but yeah a lot of pits so of carpenters go over there and say what can I build bricklayers go over there and you know I, I need to build something you know I'm not coming over here just for a holiday <laughs> you know um, you know whatever your skill sets are you can if you just like sitting with children and holding their hands and talking to them and loving them then there's a job for all you know you can do that for as long as you want there's plenty to go around thank you for listening to the our destiny podcast for further information check out www dot idestiny.org.uk